myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello, and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, we're on episode 54, and my guest is artist Brad Antifolk, taken live from the Hops and Arts Festival at Petticolis Brewery back in May. Brad has some really interesting art. He does acrylic paintings and then covers them in resin, so they almost have like a 3D effect to them. So they're really, really fantastic pieces. And we talk about his process for that, his creativity, his dogs, and then we get into his fear of cats. So let's get into my interview right now with Brad Antufolk. We have artist Brad Antufolk here in the house here at Art Festival. Guys, make some noise, Pedicolis Brewery. Hello. Hey, Brad. How you doing today? I'm doing well. So you are an artist that does acrylic, but this acrylic is super shiny. So tell me about this resin finish you've got going on. Okay, so after I paint using acrylic paint, I'll go back in and outline using ink. I do a resin pour on top, and it, what it does is it makes the colors pop, number one. Number two, it makes it so the ink doesn't smear. And I think it adds a little bit of depth too, right? Yeah, it definitely does. Like I, I definitely feel like it does give you a shadow. It gives you a sheen, but it also it brings it calls attention to it because it's it looks like it's a, almost a stone, like it's almost a tile. A lot of people say that it looks like glass or some kind of digital mm-hmm. um, print, and so I'm always telling people, no, it's an original painting on canvas. How long does that resin process take? It takes about an hour to to do and then I let it sit for overnight so about 24 hours how did you discover like that resin like what made what inspired you to kind of code it if you will well I went to an like an art event similar to this right and I started talking to someone and they did poor paintings and they added resin on top of it Mm -hmm. and so I thought well that would probably help solve a couple of my issues because I was having ink ink smear on my canvas after I would outline things and so I tried it, and then I, I quickly resined all of my, all of my inventory after that. Yeah, it was like, well, this is like found yeah. money. It's- right, and it's before I ever started showing any any art, so uh, no one has really seen any pre-resined anti-folk art. No one's seen the original, the, the the lost the lost scrolls. Of- right, correct. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, though. I mean, that's a, it's an amazing like you, repurpose of something you saw someone else do for your own benefit. Oh yeah, and it's, I, set, I, it's solely set yourself apart because like your crystal painting out there with the cr- purple crystals, uh-huh. it looks like they're actual crystals because that sheen from the resin. Well, thank you. Makes gives it almost like a pop of realism, like almost a three D, like almost yeah, quality. It, it does add depth at the same time. It makes it flatter, which is odd, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, how did you get into painting? Well, I've always been into art. Okay. Um, but mostly drawing. I didn't start painting until February of 2016. And then 
it was only really a matter of time before I started outlining my paintings because even in college, I would used to buy posters of like Van Gogh or Klimt or Picasso and actually it would outline those posters because I just uh, hate myself that much, I guess, yeah. you know? And so when I started painting my, my own things, after, I liked them all right, but then after I started outlining, number one, it kind of relaxes me, and number two, I really like the aesthetic. Okay. So when you say it relaxes you, just, is it just give you like a, it gives you more of a, a I guess, definitive edge to the painting when you outline I, it? It just, it's something that I could do kind of, uh, I could zone out and do and just chill, chill doing it, right? And I think it brings, it, it also makes the colors pop to me at least. Yeah. I definitely, when you said Van Gogh, when I look at this painting you brought over here, definitely I see a lot of Van Gogh elements, like the whole, mm -hmm. the starry night kind of ah. color, like coloring and like swirling effect. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see that Van Gogh is definitely has an influence on that because mm -hmm. definitely that. It just reminds me of Starry Night, like the whole, the background of Starry Night. Oh, well, thank you. So you started doing it in 2016. You've always been a fan of art. Right. When people, when you, when you first, when someone saw this at first, like the, when you did like your first trade show, art show. Right. What were, what were the, like the responses to what you were doing? Because I just feel like people were just blown away and had tons of questions. I think the biggest response I get is, what is this? Yeah. Right. And so um, for the most part, the response has been positive too. a lot of people seem to really like it. I think it's unique, even if it's not their thing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people see a lot of art and my, my stuff is, I would say, kind of contemporary. It's not realistic. Right. So it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think a lot of people can recognize the uniqueness of it as well as the, um, the detail that's put into it. Yeah. And so even if people um, don't necessarily think it's their aesthetic, they still, in general, have a positive response to it. Yeah, because when I first walked in, I, I, I looked at it and I thought, glass is my first thought was glass art. Right. And then I saw, I happened to see in your label, it said acrylic, and I'm like, how did he do acrylic? In? Right, and that is the, that's the biggest, uh, the biggest thing. So I'm always telling people it's an original painting. It's not glass. It's not digital. It's uh, just a painting on canvas. Usually I'll take one off and turn it around to show them because some people still don't believe, you know? Yeah. That's, it's, it's amazing. Like it's just, it just completely stands out from everything I've seen. And I, I just was, again, with the shine and everything on it as a painting, it's like, you don't really see a glossy painting. You right. Yeah, it's definitely. A, it's very, everything's very matted. And it's mm -hmm. like, this is, it's almost, like you said, contemporary is the best word for it because you could definitely put this in an Eames style living room. Right. It, yep. You know, Mad Men. Like, this is, this is something that would be in the background of a Mad Men set. Yeah. I think it's definitely a, a contemporary, a kind of contemporary pop art in, in a sense. Is that where you, is that mainly your, your, I guess, big inspiration is kind of the pop art? I would actually say my biggest inspiration, I always tell people that I was first drawn to art as a kid through coloring books and comic books, mm -hmm. and they're both line heavy, right? Oh, very. And so that's kind of where all my aesthetic has come from, is, is the coloring books and the comic books that I used to read as a three or four year old and then as a teenager. You know? Yeah. I could see the little comic book, like the way your diagonals are, like that's a very comic book frame, like action shot. 
I, I think you can see it in a lot of the pieces if you if you look if you're looking for it. Have you thought about doing something more even more comic bookish with your resin, or have you or have you? Uh, I think the the most like comic book kind of thing I did was the uh, the Baby Yoda. Okay. That I have out there. I was going to do uh, Fan Expo last year. Of course, it got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. But I um, but I actually did do a, a Baby Yoda specifically for that show. And I have it here because obviously the show was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Which Along one? with everything else. Yeah. So what, what's been your favorite project? Like My favorite project? Yeah, that you've taken on like painting-wise. That you... I think... I think one of the things I'm really interested in is getting bigger and bigger canvases mm-hmm. and doing bigger and bigger pieces. Because I, when I first started out, probably my first 100 paintings were all 12 by 12, so they were you know relatively small. And I've I've worked a lot last year and, and some this year as well, just trying to make it the scale bigger mm-hmm. and see how it see how the it translates. And the the hardest part has been adding the resin on top because of the. Dimension. Because of the weight of the resin when you're using it, and so yeah. I'm, I'm having to to work so it doesn't bow the the canvas or anything like that. Yeah, that's got to be uh, that's a definitely an interesting challenge. That was, that was going to be my question: is like, so how does the resin mm-hmm. compare with a larger scale? So does does that mean you have to work lighter or more evenly? Or uh, no, I, I work. I use about the same amount, but I, what I'll try to do is like uh, prop up the back so it, it doesn't pull. Okay. And I, I use, do the same technique. So I'll pour it on and then comb it out and then pick my dog's hairs out of the painting <laughs> and then blowtorch it and pick my dog's hairs out again and, and just do that a couple times before I cover it and for the night. Well, it's interesting that you bring up your dog because yeah. your fear is kind of your dog's mortal enemy. Of course, yes. Are. You have a fear of cats. I did. I, I, I would say I no longer have that fear, but I did... For a long time, that was my biggest fear was cats. Okay. And so, then um, I had a child, mm-hmm. and um, one day I was taking him out somewhere, and I put his, you know, the child carrier in the car to strap him in, and a cat jumped in the car. Just a neighborhood random cat, and I slammed the door, and I was like, ah, a cat. With your <laughs> and kid. then I realized, oh man, I left my little baby in here with a cat, <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to overcome my fear really really fast so to save my baby from this uh you know this creature that could yeah that in my mind could have killed him at any moment you know so so where did your fear of cats come from i i think it was from my growing up my stepmother had a cat named grumpy (laughs) and um grumpy would always come into wherever i was because cats know if you don't like them and they they like to intimidate you so grumpy would come up and jump on my lap and just hiss at me and pretend that they were going to bite me. Wow. And so that was, uh, that was where the fear, I think, originated. The fact that your cat's named Grumpy, does that just does it bode well? Like, who buys that cat? If that's the name, you come up with a cat, Grumpy, because that sounds like a bad cat. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess stepmothers are known for doing crazy things, right? Okay. So you... You've, Grumpy would hiss at you and call, give definitely be anxiety because I feel like cats do that. Like they they try to eliminate threats, and so if you have anxiety, yeah, they hang around you until they chase you away. Yeah, they they definitely know you don't like them, and they're cool with that. <laughs> they're cool. They're cool with like they just because my 
I had a girlfriend who had a dog that was afraid of cats. Okay. And the cat would, and as soon as it would get near the dog, it would sense the dog's anxiety. I'm like, your dog is putting off vibes of a threat. They get mm-hmm. their fight or flight response. And so the cat's interpreting it as fight. And so uh-huh. it's like, okay, you want to go. Uh-huh. And so that's the whole, that's the whole thing. It's like when they can sense that anxiety of you being nervous, then they are like, we're going to get rid of you. Right. And I'm definitely allergic to cats. So I totally get the, you know, I have the anxiety where they just keep getting closer and closer. And it's like, right. I understand you don't, you, you sense this and you want to get rid of it, but I'm not going anywhere. But the truth is we are so much bigger than cats. And so there's really no need to fear them. I you don't know. know man. It took me a while to figure that out though, but don't get me wrong. They're, they're, they're okay. It's like, but they just are persistent. Yeah. I've never, I've never had, I've never liked an animal that's persistently bothersome. Like they will scratch things. It, you can get them to stop, but that they will go right back to it. It's almost like having a, a, a two-year-old that's willful. Right. Like they jump on the counter when you're cooking. It's like get off, and you put them down, and they jump right back up. They try to take your food. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely out for themselves. In general. So I'm glad that you were able to conquer it. So do you feel like you totally conquered it when you rescued your child from said neighborhood cat, or is that just a I, step? I think that I did because I, you know, um, don't get me wrong. I'm still not a cat fan. Yeah. I, and I too am allergic now. I don't think I was allergic then, but for some reason I'm allergic now. <laughs> Your anxiety has just yeah. built up a defense. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that I haven't, I haven't tensed up around a cat like I used to back in the day. And maybe it's just also you're a lot bigger as a kid than maybe, yeah. Or just you haven't encountered another grumpy. Man, that that cat, yeah. <laughs> The fact that she named it Grumpy is just bad news. When you name a cat a negative vibe... I mean, it might have been a self-fulfilling prophecy. Who knows? Yeah. But so, it was definitely apt. Yeah. And or so, I guess you hung out, ha- hang out with a cat for a couple days and figure out what his personality is. Yeah. And that was, you know, probably what happened. There's some Airbnbs that apparently, like, the people have a cat that lives in the Airbnb with you. Like, oh, man. And so it's like, you know, they just say, don't mind the cat, yada, yada, yada. And I totally, I'm like, why? I'm like, that's just an Airbnb I won't be staying at. I don't need a cat just meandering around my property. Like, I'm on vacation. I don't need allergies or my stuff scratched. Or the litter box. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. And so, if... Is your no, nobody in your in your life is a cat person then? So you made sure relationship wise you got involved with only dog women or dog lovers. Yes, and uh, I guess my ex wife has a cat now, but uh, that but she is ex, so yeah. it works out. Well, that's awesome. What about your kids? Like, you think your what if your kid wanted a cat versus? Uh, they could have one, but it's not coming over to my house. Okay, that's because that's a again, mom. I'm, I'm pretty allergic to it right now. Yeah, so that's a mom only. Yeah. Okay. Plus, we've got, you know, I've got a couple dogs, and so it probably just wouldn't end well. <laughs> One of them's 150 pounds, and so. Wow. What, is, what kind of dog is that? He's an Anatolian uh, Shepherd jerk, uh, Great Pyrenees mix. That's a lot of hair. I can see it why you, when you said pull your Pull hair. my dog's hairs out of all my paintings. He's probably in most of them. Yeah. I was going to say, like, he literally would lean against you, and that's 
a wall of hair. Yeah, we've we've had him for five years this weekend, and I think he's we've probably taken out like a hundred pounds of hair off of him at some point. Like, have you tried shearing him, or is that uh, because he has an undercoat? You don't really want to take out all the all yeah. the hair because it'll it'll mess up with his skin. Yeah, that's true. For, on the Grand Pyrenees, I, I, as soon as I thought, I was like, wait, they're Grand Pyrenees. Yeah, but and he is a hostage. So if if he were to get out, he runs. <laughs> he runs. Yeah, he's a hostage. Poor dog. Yeah, but he's a. I'm sure he's like a, a huge cuddle. Yeah, he's a. He's definitely a, a sweet dog. But yeah. As soon as the door opens, I love. That's one of my favorite memes. There's a dog like, mm-hmm. like totally fine. Then door opens and like just full sprint. Well, the uh, the people that make the chips mm-hmm. for the the tracking chips that they put yep. in dogs, the number one running breed is the Anatolian Shepherd. Wow. And the number three is the Great Pyrenees. And so he's a mix of those Genetically things. engineered. To yeah, he's born run. to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find you on social media? If they're not here, they can find you out here outside right behind the tacos. Yep. I am on Instagram at, at Brad Antifolk. I am on Facebook at Brad Antifolk. And I have my own website, uh, www.bradantifolk.com. Good name to it, yeah. Why not? You got a unique last name. Like that's I'm Ryan Perio, so nobody has that. So I'm like sold. Cool. Well, I thank you for doing this, Brad. Oh, my pleasure. Thank Round of applause so for Brad, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thank you. Make sure don't bring your cat anywhere near his tent. Oh, please no. <laughs> okay. So that was Brad. What a classic case of a fear coming to you at a young age and just kind of staying with you throughout growing up. Having a cat named Grumpy who is just mean to you because that's how cats are. Like cats can sense your vibes and if they don't, they want to get rid of you. And so they will intimidate and get on top of you and basically assert their dominance over you. So totally agree with that i'm not i'm allergic to cats myself i don't hate cats but i understand why people don't care for them as they are kind of a i guess diva pet if you will and have a lot of instincts and they just claw and scratch and they don't mean to but that's just their natural instinct and they hiss and just different it's almost like the closest thing to having a wild animal, I feel like, in your life. Check out bradantifolk.com as well as his Instagram page, which will be in the show notes. It's also followed on the Some Fear Fans Instagram account. You can check out his art there and all his piece, wonderful pieces. Um, as for myself, I'm... Just wrapping up a weekend, an impromptu weekend at the Addison Improv with Jackie Fabulous, who was an amazing comedian, sweet lady. We've had a wonderful weekend with me and Des O'Neill. Um, I have one more show tonight at 7.30, which is, I'm doing this on Sunday to get this ready for Monday because I am a procrastinator. And so I will be doing that. Check out me next week at the Comedy Arena. I will be headlining with... Episode 31 guest Steve Gamble featuring an episode 10 guest Mallory Davis as the MC. It should be a fun weekend in McKinney, Texas. Links for that will be in the show notes. Also, next week will be my one-year anniversary of this podcast. We've been doing this for one whole year. 
I haven't missed an episode. The only episode I kind of had trouble with was David Eller. I guess for some reason the file did not completely upload when I tried to publish it or schedule it to be published because I was in Tulsa at the time trying to get that squared away. And so I apologize to David and anyone waiting for that podcast as it did get out a little bit late. Um, show has been going great. I, it's been a wonderful year. I'm going to start doing some more interviews in September now that I've gotten a lot of these live interviews out and about. I definitely want to record some of the people I got live at the end. I want to re-record them and give them a full, honest amount of time to talk rather than put out six minutes of me you know, scrambling. So we'll get some of those. I've got comedians lined up and also fantasy football is starting soon. So starting to get that ready as well. Um, thank you guys again for listening to this podcast. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps the visibility of the show. Also, if you have suggestions, please email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. I would definitely, I definitely appreciate the feedback. I definitely appreciate the reviews that have been left so far. It's been a great year. Um, I'm surprised we're actually at a year. I didn't think I could stay or I would have, you know, a lot of trouble free, but I managed to keep it all going like i've managed to somehow with comedy and a full-time job and everything else going on in my life i've managed to be able to do this and, and keep it going and thank you to all my guests that were so gracious and gave me time to record them and you know they taking time out of their day to to talk with me i enjoy every single one of you and i've got so many more to do because we're going to keep at it I'm very, very pleased with how this turned out. I hope to get more guests as we go along. And we'll just keep it going. I thank you guys again for listening. Next week, for my one-year anniversary, we'll have a special guest. Um, it, I've already got it recorded, but it'll be a surprise. Um, so look, t- stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at SomeFearFans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S, at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and 
it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there. And you can check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.